Acts 19 verses 1 to 20. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out all evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know about you, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed about what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. This is the word of the Lord. So um, if you do have your Bibles with you, that'll be really helpful to uh, open them on this passage. And if the children would like to come to the front and take a seat at the front, so we get the children up anywhere on the carpet. And if you're here for the first time, just to say, uh, the first Sunday of the month, we have an all-age service, so the children are in with us. Uh, the talk's a little bit more interactive, sort of aimed at everybody. And the remaining Sundays of the month, uh, the kids go off to, to kids' church. But it's all-age service today. So you'll remember that this series is called The Gospel Goes Out, And it's all about how the first Christians took the good news of Jesus out into the world. Now, can you remember the name of the person who perhaps went to more places than anyone else telling people the good news about Jesus? We've got an anagram. That's that's the letters of his name, but they're in the wrong order. Can you tell me who who you think it is? Travis, go for it. Paul, the Apostle Paul. Uh, The Apostle Paul went to all kinds of places telling people about Jesus. And one of the places he went was to Ephesus. Now, uh, Ephesus was a very important city. 
and it was home to one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Have you heard of the seven wonders of the ancient world? You kind of, have you heard of them? You heard of them? Just for fun, I'm going to see if we can name them. And uh, we're definitely going to need the adults' help here. So but I'm, going to, I'm going to give you some prompts. So the first one. So this is the easiest. It's the only one that's still intact. What's this? Uh, 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 go on. You're not sure? The Pyramid of Giza. Yes, the Great Pyramid of Giza. The, the, right, okay, the, the, the children are one up, so the adults have got to get one now. Uh, the next one. Who can tell me what this is? Shout it out if you know it. Hanging. God, what an educated church. What's the, the next one? <laughs> Lighthouse of Alexandria. Yes, well done. Let's get, uh, we're on a roll now. What's this? The Statue of Zeus. Where is it? It was Olympia. Okay. Next one. Very quickly. What's this one? I can see that one person knows them. <laughs> the, the, to, to give him a chance this time, Alan. This one. In fact, no one's going to get this one. No. It's not. Do you know the other one? No, the other one? Now, this is the hardest one. This is a mausoleum at Harlequinassus. I didn't think anyone would get that. And the final one, and this is the one that's relevant today. What is that one? Alan's already said it. The Temple of Artemis at Ephesus. Okay, so Paul went to Ephesus and they had this huge temple. It was entirely made out of marble. And it was the largest building in the Greek world. Uh, it, uh, it was as wide as a rugby pitch, and it was 30 meters longer than a rugby pitch. So this massive building. So the people of Ephesus were very religious, but they worshipped the false goddess Artemis. So as you can see, she's just a statue. So they were worshipping, basically worshipping a big lump of stone, which I think you'll agree uh, isn't very sensible. Anyway, uh, Paul arrived at Ephesus and he came across a group of people who had believed John the Baptizer's message. And you remember John the Baptizer, he came before Jesus, he prepared the way for Jesus, and he spoke to the crowds and he said to them, Turn away from your evil ways and put your trust in the one who comes after me. Who came after John the baptizer? Hugo? Well, actually, the soldiers did come for John the baptizer because he was arrested. So you're right there. But who was John the baptizer pointing to? Who did he say you've got to follow? Jesus. Jesus. Absolutely right. So, um, uh, but these people that had uh, believed John's message, uh, they, they must have heard that message in Judea where John was, and then they must have gone back to Ephesus fairly quickly because um, they didn't really know very much about Jesus, and they, didn't, they hadn't even heard of the Holy Spirit. And even today, uh, a lot of Christians don't have a proper understanding of the Holy Spirit. Let me see if we can... Put your hand up if you've ever moved house. 
Who's moved house? Adults as well, you can get involved. In, okay, we've all moved house. Is it? You are very, very young. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. But you can kind of remember it. So hands down. It's, ex- it's exciting moving house. Now, I want you to imagine, uh, you don't need a good imagination for this, but imagine that I am the house. And as soon as I put my trust in Jesus, God comes to live in the house. In other words, God lives in me by his Holy Spirit. And the same is true of you. If you put your trust in Jesus, God comes to dwell, he comes to live within us. It's an amazing thing to say that God lives within us, uh, but it's true, and it's a lived experience for Christians. So when God comes to live within us, he gives us the power to change. The Holy Spirit enables us to become more like Jesus, who is the perfect example of humanity. He's a perfect example of a a human being. So the Holy Spirit helps us to become more like Jesus. So Paul found this little group of uh, believers, of um, disciples in Ephesus. They put their trust in Jesus. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Paul went to preach in the synagogue, which was the Jewish meeting place. But some of the Jews were obstinate. They were obstinate. That means they stubbornly refused to believe Paul's message. They wouldn't believe what Paul said, and they wouldn't invite Jesus into their lives. And it's very sad because um, many people reject the gospel, many people reject Jesus without realizing that they're rejecting the one thing that they need more than anything. Now, because they were described as obstinate, it made me think of something in my childhood. So where I grew up was right next to a farm. Would you like to live next to a farm? It's quite good fun living next to a farm. And um, we knew the farmer quite well. And so sometimes I'd go and help out on the farm. And one of the things that I used to help with was sheep dipping. So the farmer used to dip the sheep in a special bath um, to protect them from all kinds of little insects and parasites and things. Let me show you what the farmer was trying to protect these sheep from. Look at those disgusting things. Ticks and lice and blowfly and itch mite. They look pretty horrible, don't they? They're very, very tiny. Some of them, you can hardly see them. But would you want those horrible creatures to live all over your body and lay their eggs on you? No. That would be horrible, wouldn't it? And We would hate that. But no sheep would want that either. No sheep would want those insects on them. But do you know what? Those sheep were obstinate. They did not want to have a bath. They did not want to get dipped. They stubbornly refused the one thing they needed more than anything. They needed to be protected from those insects, but they didn't want to have the bath that would protect them. So um, in the end, we managed to get them all through, but we had to make them do it because sheep don't know what's good for them. But a lot of the time, that's true of human beings as well. Every human being needs a bath. We all need a wash. We need to be washed clean of all our sin and our wrongdoing, all the stuff that we think and say and do that is wrong. We need to be washed clean of that. Um, But we can't do that by sitting in a bath and scrubbing ourselves. Uh, Only Jesus can wash us clean. Only Jesus can take away our sin. And only the Holy Spirit can help us to change.
Uh, now, we were able to force those sheep to take a bath. It was a real effort. Uh, we worked up a sweat. It's hard work trying to get sheep uh, through a sheep dip, if you've ever done it. Um, but we got them through. But God will never force anyone to receive his Holy Spirit. God will never force us to receive his Holy Spirit. God loves us, and he wants us to love him. But love is a choice. You can't force someone to love you. And so uh, God will never force his Holy Spirit upon us. But if we put our trust in Jesus, God will come to live in us by his Holy Spirit. And a wonderful change begins to take place. Uh, James 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prayed uh, for people who were unwell, and they were sick, and uh, all sorts of things, and, and they were healed. But some other Jews came along, some uh, other people, and they, they saw what Paul was doing. So Paul was praying for people, and they were being healed. Paul was praying in the name of Jesus. And these other Jews, they came along, and they thought, ah, they saw what Paul was doing. They thought, maybe we could do this. But they'd not received Jesus into their life. They weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were just using Jesus' name as if it's a magic word. You know how um, magicians often use uh, magic words like abracadabra or alakazam. Uh, when I was a child, there was a magician called the Great Soprendo. And he used the word piff-puff-poof. Would you like me to do some tricks using those words? Don't get excited. These are not that impressive. Okay, I'm going to push my hand through the other one. You ready? Piff, puff, poof. No? Blank expressions? No? Okay. I'll try another one. Try another one. I've got a a $20 note, okay? And I'm going to try and push my finger through the note. Do you think I can do that? Piff, puff, poof. No, still shaking your head? (laughs) not, not 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 impressed, and I don't blame you. Not, I don't play another one. I've run out. That's that's my limit. That's my. I'm glad you enjoy it, but that's my lim, absolute limit. Those two tricks, and you're not very impressed. Uh, some of them you wouldn't have seen, but some of them were just shaking their head in disbelief. Um, there's nothing powerful or impressive about those tricks, and if we're relying on magic words, that's about as good as it's going to get because there is no power in magic words. There is power in the name of Jesus, but not if we try to use his name just like it's some kind of magic word. And uh, some Jews tried to use Jesus' name as a magic word to cast out evil spirits. It all went horribly wrong, and they ended up getting beaten up. So it was all happening in Ephesus. Paul was preaching uh, the good news, the gospel of Jesus. Uh, uh, Lots of people were becoming Christians. Others were obstinately refusing to believe the message. Remember those sheep? And everyone realized that something powerful was happening. A change was taking place. Uh, Maybe not everyone realized that it was the Holy Spirit, but it was because we know that the Holy Spirit gives us the power to change. And uh, one of those changes was that those who turned to Jesus openly confessed. So they came out in public and they said, these are the things that we've been doing wrong. And these are the things that we're going to turn away from. And there were those that practiced sorcery. So they tried to do, uh, they tried to cast spells and they burned all their scrolls. Uh, in other words, they burned their 
spell books. In those days, scrolls or books were very, very expensive because they didn't have printers to print off hundreds and hundreds of books. Every single book or scroll had to be written out by hand. And um, verse 19 tells us that the, the, the uh, value of all those scrolls was 50,000 drachmas. A drachma is a day's wages. So that's the equivalent of millions of dollars in today's money. So you see the change the Holy Spirit brought to those people. Those scrolls may have been their most treasured possessions, but they said, no, we, we don't want those anymore. We know that we shouldn't be trying to do magic spells. Uh, we know that Jesus has given us a new life. We know that Jesus wants us to change. So we're going to get rid of this stuff. That's from our old life. And for us, when we uh, put our trust in Jesus, there are things about our lives that the Holy Spirit will say, no more. When we put our trust in Jesus, there are things about our lives that the Holy Spirit will say, no more. And sometimes those things might be things that we had once held dear, but actually God knows what's best for us even better than we do. And God knows how to live well in his world, and God gives us boundaries to protect us. And so the Holy Spirit will often put his finger on something in our lives and say, no more. That's got to change. And to anyone hearing this, whether you're here today in person or whether you're listening online, I would say this. If you haven't yet accepted Jesus, don't be an obstinate sheep. Don't keep going the way of the world. Don't keep refusing and rejecting the one thing that we all need more than anything. And to those who have accepted Jesus, I would say, know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. And I want to finish with two questions. The first one is, what has the Holy Spirit changed in you? So in the time that you've been a Christian, what has the Holy Spirit changed in you? And the second question is this, what does the Holy Spirit want to change in you? What does the Holy Spirit want to change in us? Because it could be that it's time to let go of something that is hindering our relationship with Jesus. It could be that there's something from our old life that we're keeping hold of, that the Holy Spirit is saying, no, let go of that. That's part of your old life. You've got a new life with Christ. And I'd really encourage us to think about what those things are, to invite the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives so that we know you know, metaphorically, what are the scrolls that need to be burned? What are the things that we need to get rid of in our lives? The Holy Spirit gives us the power to change. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to change. But the Holy Spirit will not force those changes upon us. So we will have to uh, willingly work in cooperation with the Spirit to bring uh, positive change and transformation to our lives. It's a very exciting adventure to go on as well. Hugo, you look like you've had a question for a while, so I'm going to ask you what that question is. Well, that's a very good question. Hugo just asked, why did the warriors attack Jesus? Why did they attack him and put him on a cross? Because uh, you know like those sheep that I'm talking about that didn't want a sheep dip, they didn't know what was good for them? A lot of people in Jesus' day, even though Jesus was so good, 
they didn't know what was good for them. They didn't know that Jesus was everything they needed. And they were, were jealous of him, and they didn't like him. They hated him. And this is very, very sad that they did that. But the good news is that Jesus rose to new life, didn't he? And he, he, he got power over uh, all over death and sin and everything. So that's a very good question, Hugo. We'll talk more about that. Okay, thank you. So let's pray. And then, um, uh, Heavenly Father, we, we recognize that your Holy Spirit is available to all of us, to everyone who puts their faith in Jesus, that uh, as Christians we pray uh, that you give us the assurance that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, which is the case for all Christians. And we pray, Lord, that, um, that we will be attuned to the Spirit, that we'll walk in step with the Spirit, uh, that we will be aware of the Spirit uh, speaking into our lives. And we pray, Lord, that we will bring about the changes uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the changes that need to take place in our hearts and our minds and in our lives. We pray that you continue to shape us and mold us to be the people that you've created us to be. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.